We built this city indeed. My name is Andy Shaner. Welcome to What Are We Building? This is my show. I'm coming to you from the Sun Prairie Media Center studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie over here next to the library. Thank you for tuning in. There's a lot of different podcasts, I know, but I try to do something a little bit local. Uh, I think people still want to get local news and and like to hear what's going on uh, close by and in town. And if you haven't heard the show before, it's about a half hour. I usually do it about every two weeks, uh, about five minutes of me sort of ranting or giving, you know, whatever's on my mind or things that are going on around town. And then uh, we have a guest on. So it'll be different, you know, local leaders, business leaders. Uh, you know, folks around town that I, I think are interesting to talk to. And uh, so today we're talking to Bob Jokic. You'll hear Bob today. Bob's uh, Sun Prairie Alderman uh, sits in the city council. He's done that for a while, and he is up for re-election uh, against Bill Baker, who's running against him, and, and we'll talk to Bill next week. So we did the, the school board candidates uh, the last couple of weeks. We sort of shuffled the schedule up a little bit. We did a two-part back-to-back episode, and then uh, you'll hear, hear these two episodes back-to-back as well for the city council. But, uh, you know, then we'll get back on our, our regular schedule and uh and uh, you know just as far as what's going on around town there's kind of some breaking news i think this might actually be the first time i'm able to use the the breaking news sound effect so let's go to that now and the explore children's museum which most of you are familiar with i talked to katie komoku on my show last year katie's been heading up the effort to get a new children's museum built in some prairie and we have a location uh they announced that they'll be uh, they have a conditional use permit out to take occupancy in the fall and that uh permit is for the building at on main street the one right between the culver's and the Midas, uh, there's, a, there's a subway in there right now, but it sounds like they may be applying for a permit to use that whole building. And obviously there's a fair amount of demolition or, or refurbishment, remodeling that, that would need to go in and get all the exhibits put in. Um, so not a huge building, not, not a brand new building, um, but, uh, but in an area of town that I think is, is kind of interesting. It's, it's not downtown or Prairie Lakes or the areas that kind of get a lot of attention. But, uh, you know, if you saw what happened with Anna's Pizza here recently, obviously Main Street still holds uh, a very important uh, a place in the, the heart of the community, in the heart of Sun Prairie. And, uh, you know, you have some of these new apartment buildings that have gone up, the Catalyst, and that, that Main Street corridor is really important. And so to have uh, this this children's museum going in an area that, that maybe needs to have some, some development or some attention, make it a destination, get people down there. And quite frankly, they're talking about making that more of a sort of, a, you know, an early childhood education, a resource for the community and having it located near places that, that need that and, and close to neighborhoods that can utilize it is, is a great thing. So uh, excited to hear about that. And, uh, and that, that was great news about the Explore Children's Museum. And, uh, and good for Katie and good for the whole group involved with that Explore Children's Museum. They've got a, a capital campaign. Fundraising is always going on. So you can go to their website, explorecm.org. They've got a Facebook page. You can get all the information about, you know, if you want to potentially get involved with, with what they're doing. You're listening to What Are We Building on 103.5 The Sun, Sun Prairie's community radio station. Uh, we serve the city of Sun Prairie and the surrounding area at 103.5 FM on your radio dial. Or you can go to www.sunprairiemediacenter.com. And there's two things, two shows, actually, I want to talk about. Uh, one is called Inside Your City. It's with Chris Mertis, who's the uh, editor of The Star, the local newspaper in town. And he and Aaron Oppenheimer, the city administrator, kind of do a show, giving everybody an update on what's going on with the city. And uh, just recently, I think it was the uh, end of February, they did a show with Tim Semin, who's the planning director. Tim was 
on this show last December, but Tim gave a rundown, kind of a laundry list of all the different developments and projects and things that are being built around town. And so if you're interested in this show or interested in what we're building, uh, we've talked about a lot of the different ones on different shows over the over the last year. But uh, Tim, that, that show just was a great rundown or summary of everything that's going on, and, and that's worth checking out, uh, as well as new episodes when they come out. And then the other thing hopefully you've heard about uh, is In Focus. So uh, Dan Presser, who used to work for one of the uh, local radio stations in Madison, has kind of uh, taken his broadcast journalism skills and, and brought him to Sun Prairie. And he, he used to do about an eight or ten minute uh, roundup every week, and he's expanded that out to a half an hour, uh, kind of like a full local newscast about what's going on, local news in Sun Prairie. And they were kind enough to, to have me on, invite me on. I did my, my TV debut, uh, kind of did some interviews with the local school board candidates since I'd had them on the show. And uh, it was it was great fun. It's a great program to be a part of, and I, I definitely recommend checking that out uh, every week. So if you go to um, you know sunprairiemediacenter.com, click on KSUN Live, and then KSUN On Demand. And that'll give you a list of all the different shows, different playlists, uh, different things that are going on and videos. And you can check that out at, at SunPrairieMediaCenter.com. The app is also available on uh, the Apple App Store, Android, Google Play Store. Uh, and the app's also a good way to get all of our different content. So uh, definitely check those two shows out. This show you can get past episodes of on Spotify, Apple Podcasts anchor.fm if you search for what are we building or what are we building some prairie you should be able to find it where you normally get uh, podcasts in those spots so um that's what's going on at the media center this is 103.5 fm so we'll be right back with my conversation with bob Jokic. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to What Are We Building, Alderman. And uh, I, I, this is the first time, kind of the first election cycle. I started the show uh, about a year ago, right? I think I did two shows before we had to shut everything down. You know, it was, it's been kind of an interesting year, to say the least. But it's, it's fun to be able to be back in the studio. And, and I talked to the school board candidates, and I'm uh, obviously talking to you today. And then next week, we'll talk to your opponent, Bill Baker. But I, I guess I, I, just to introduce yourself to folks, how long have you been been on the city council so i've been on the city council since uh i think i was officially named on like march 31st so end of march beginning of april is when i started so that was just last year yes that's correct so, so it's been uh, a little over a year now yeah so is it only a one-year term i thought it was longer than that no so uh uh the prior uh person who was uh, on city council for our district, uh, Bill Connors, uh, got a job that he felt would be conflicting with uh, uh, serving on city council. So he resigned and uh, I was appointed to the city council. Oh, okay. So yeah, I know Bill and, and that makes sense. I remember when he, yeah, he had to kind of step down midterm. And so you've got, you've got his old seat. So that, I gotcha. That's correct. Um, and Obviously, it was a positive enough experience. That had you run for council prior to that? No, I have not. So, yeah, how did that? How did that process work? To ex- how did you express interest or kind of throw your hat in the ring to let people know that you were interested in, in doing that? So they uh, uh, advertised that they uh, that they were uh, looking for nominations for the city council for District Two. And, uh, you know, I talked to some friends of mine. I talked to some of the folks on the council about how they liked doing it, and uh, they gave me positive information. Um, if I can jump right into my background, that might explain it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, worked for, worked in public finance and uh, 
public policy for the state of Wisconsin and University of Wisconsin for 33 years. And uh, I really enjoy public service. I enjoy serving my community. You know, I had an interest in uh, uh, continuing to do something in a related activity, and the city council, when I looked into it, uh, seemed to be uh, something that I would enjoy, especially after talking to some of the some of the folks. My work uh, with the state and the university involved budget requests and uh, developing business financial aid and academic policies. I worked with the governor and legislature on budget requests, legislation, and other policies. And uh, I found that after a year, I, I think that my background is has really helped in doing this, doing the job on city council here. And, and uh, you know, like I say, I enjoy doing public service. I enjoy helping my community. I've done a little bit of uh, uh, volunteer work over the last, well, over a long period of time. Been very active in politics, helping candidates uh, with the Democratic Party. And uh, uh, so it all came together pretty pretty nicely. Yeah, so were you, you were, were you actually a state employee then prior to that? Yeah, so I worked in for 33 years with the state of Wisconsin and the University of Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, and, so I, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know, you know, certainly people are aware of elected office at any level, but just the idea of public service and involved with public policy, they're living in Madison, obviously, there are hundreds of jobs that are, are the state supports. And, you know, how, how what... What was it that sort of spurred you, you know, was it in in high school or college that kind of set you on that path towards public service? Well, no, that's a good question. Well, so uh, I grew up in Milwaukee. I attended Marquette University for my undergrad and majored in political science. So I guess I must have had a, you know, I, I think uh, like a lot of people, I remember taking a couple of classes uh, my freshman year in political science that really uh, got me interested in in politics and political science. And so I ended up majoring in political science. Uh, after that, then uh, I went to the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana and uh, received my master's in political science with coursework in public administration. And uh, after that, my first job out of uh, grad school was uh, with the legislature. I worked for the Legislative Audit Bureau, uh, analyzing state programs and making recommendations to the legislature on how they can be improved. And then I moved on to the uh, University of Wisconsin, and I worked for an organization called the University of Wisconsin System Administration, and it's really kind of the staff to the president of the system, Mm. and we worked with all the campuses around around the state. And like I say, developing academic, business, financial aid. I had a number of positions over the years, but I was very fortunate to uh, uh, work with great staff, both in in our office and in the campuses across the state, trying to do whatever we can to uh, help students get a good education. And also, another thing, you know, working with other state agencies and asking for additional money from the legislature and the governor and other things, certainly. Yeah, so you mentioned you worked on a, you've worked been involved in different campaigns over the years. I mean, anything in an official capacity, or is it just sort of more on a volunteer basis? Um, oh no, just on a volunteer basis. Okay. I've done a lot of canvassing. I've done a lot of canvassing and helping volunteer. Uh, boy, I bet you I, for about forty years now. I 
and volunteering for campaigns, as as has as my wife. So uh, it's something that we both enjoyed doing, and uh, so you know that was that was just part of it. Yeah, I guess I, I was just curious. You know, when you're you're majoring in poli sci, or you know, I I flirted with that. I guess everybody kind of takes a lot of different classes in college. That's sort of <laughs> the point of a, a good liberal arts education. But um, I you know I didn't know if that that was the dream at one time or had you know visions of going to to Washington or being involved in a major campaign or just sort of always found your way in in some type of public policy or public service area. So, uh, you know, I never really had an interest in uh, uh, running for office because my jobs that I had with the state and with the university were very political. I, uh, like I say, we did budget requests. I worked on legislation that would help the university, uh, worked for the legislature for three years, so I, you know, it wasn't something I was looking to do, but uh, when this opportunity came along, that there was an opening, and I felt like I could use my background to, you know, help help the city uh, uh, still do public service uh, work, uh, doing, you know, analyzing policies. Uh, I kind of jumped at it and thought this would be a nice thing to do. I had retired three years earlier, and so th- this uh, opportunity uh, uh, was welcome. Yeah, and so I, that's kind of where I was going to go with that. Is uh, obviously you're you, you're not trying to do both jobs, and and if you'd retired, and it kind of frees you up time to dedicate that and to to the council. And obviously, it's been a positive experience enough that you wanted to to run for re-election. So this is actually your first actual election. That's right. That's right. And how, what's that experience been like for you so far? Well, actually, I ran for school board a couple of years ago. I oh, okay, so that counts. But, uh, this- this, uh, but it is, uh, I'll tell you, it is completely different from doing the uh, job of being on city council. Yeah. It is It is very challenging to run for office. Uh, you're doing one type of thing while you're on city council, and it's completely trying to get, to, uh, completely different trying to uh, uh, run for office here. So it's a, it's a big uh, learning experience for me. That's for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, what have you found? Anything that surprised you from, from the first year, what you didn't expect actually having done it. I, I don't know how plugged in you were with city government uh, prior. I assume you were involved somehow uh, some in some ways, but uh, anything that really surprised you or stood out? From, I mean, other than COVID, which everyone's had to deal with. Um, and so yeah. it, it's been a certainly unorthodox year to, to serve on the council. You know, I have to say I w- am very, very pleasantly surprised that how excellent the people I work with are. The people on city council have been great to work with, and I think they've, uh, you know, they've said positive things about working with me. So I appreciate that. And we have uh, city staff that are second to none. They've really, I've been so amazed so many times where I'll get a question from a citizen, and uh, you know, you check with the city staff on whatever the issue happens to be. You know, how does this work exactly? And and so often they really take the extra step and they go, oh, I'll go drive over to that person's house and go, you know, sit down and explain it to them with COVID in mind, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, but they'll go over there and try to explain uh, the details or, or go and look at what their problem is. I've just been uh, very pleasant. It's been uh, wonderful to work with all these people. And the level of expertise are our city staff and the members of city council have has has really been great. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a 
COVID year and we're doing everything virtually, but I must say I think things have gone pretty well. We've been able to get the work done we needed to get done, uh, even with all the challenges of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and and one of the things, I mean, we've been through uh, as a country over the last several years, just this sort of terrible divisiveness with politics. And one of the things as I've done this show and gotten more involved with city and I think I think local politics in general, this is a fair statement, is that the, the partisanship. I mean, you mentioned you were involved with the Democratic Party, but I, I don't even know necessarily what what party, you know, the, the different issues that affect local government don't divide down what would we traditionally think of as partisan lines. And oftentimes people will take a position that surprises you or, you know, it, you can't fit it into a, a typical Fox News, MSNBC box. And the ability of, of people to work work together and think highly of each other, even when there are some differences of opinion, um, is is really refreshing in terms of, of looking at, at and maybe some prairie is unique in that way, but I, I really appreciate the fact that everybody does try to get along, be responsive, be respectful, and uh, you know, and that's that's a, a hallmark I think of of the city. I notice your your style I would describe as a little bit different. You're a little more mild mannered, I would I would call it, versus some other folks who are maybe a little bit more confrontational. And uh, you know, I, I didn't know if that's something you you do intentionally or is it sort of your personality. I would say that's probably my personality. You know, I think I was trained well, too. Uh, my first job with the Legislative Audit Bureau, uh, it was important. You know, they, one of the first things they told us was that these jobs are political but not partisan. And I've really uh, kept that in mind throughout my career because I've worked with uh, a lot of people on, on uh, very political issues for the university and mainly the university. And I'd work with people I knew were Republicans. I'd work with people I knew were Democrats. And at the end of the day, we were just trying to do what was best for the university. And I really feel like that's true on the city council here. Uh, I know we have uh, different political persuasions and, you know, different opinions on matters. And But I think we have uh, intelligent and professional conversations and discussions of the issue and at the end of the day, we're all trying to do what's best for the city of Sun Prairie and its citizens. So, you know, I really welcome that. We certainly have differences of opinion, but uh, I just admire the professionalism. Yeah, and of the of the council and the city staff um, as well, I'm, I'm very impressed with the people that, that do their jobs over there at City Hall. I, um, I, I, I do want to get into some of the issues that I know have been a little bit controversial or divisive here in Sun Prairie. And the show, we talk about what are we building. I've talked about apartments a lot and new apartments being built. And I'm I'm not ashamed to say that I welcome new apartments. I think housing is is extremely important, that it, it, it may be approaching crisis levels in Dane County um, in terms of, of people needing housing and trying to have a balance between you know the workers and and workers who need a place to live and uh, and you know keeping sort of maintaining the the community uh, spirit that we want but I, I i i just wanted to give your take on when people when people when you hear people say there's too many apartments in some prairie what's your response so um that was one of the first uh, i was fortunate in that i was able to start out and get briefings from each of the department heads and in the city. And one of the discussions that really hit home to me was uh, the discussion I had with a couple of members of city staff talking about a lot of the misconceptions. And I think you're talking about that too. And, uh, you know, that's almost been a kind of a pet issue uh, with me that 
it, you know, I've been trying to push to do whatever we can to try to get to, to deal with some of these misconceptions and get better information out to the public because that really helps in avoiding us being divisive on these issues and also to make intelligent decisions. You know, when we had that uh, Colorado Commons discussion mm-hmm. on uh, that apartment building, I really tried to, uh, as did city staff and other alders, tried to, you know, share with some of the people uh, who were uh, complaining about uh, the building of these apartments what the facts were on some of these issues. And, for example, you talk about uh, that there's too many apartments out there. And when, you know, the data shows that when we look at the mix of housing in Sun Prairie, we're quite a bit lower than other uh, Dane County municipalities and the number of multi-unit housing units that we have. We're at about 22% of our total in 10-plus unit housing, whereas Madison, Middleton, and Fitchburg are all over 30%. And, uh, uh, you know, affordable housing is really an important issue for for all of us. You know, we want to make sure that people are able to afford the housing they have and that... Uh, uh, you know, employers talk to us quite a bit, too, and say, you know, I, my employers, uh, employees would really like to live here in Sun Prairie, but they can't find anything affordable. So we need to make sure that we have adequate supply so that the uh, cost of housing doesn't become unaffordable. I, I know myself, personally, I, I, didn't, I never had an apartment in Sun Prairie, but the reason I bought my first house here was because it was there were affordable options that were that was a place that I would want to live that wasn't an absolute dump. But I don't think we want a community where we can't bring in working class or a diverse group of folks that are you know working in the businesses, the, the retail or restaurants or, or even you know some of the manufacturing or other types of jobs that we'd like to have. I we have that issue where you know where I work, we have a problem finding finding people that. You know, we don't have enough employees, and if we had more housing nearby, it would make it much easier to to recruit. So I think it's it's certainly it's certainly an ongoing issue. Um, and this housing study, you know, that that they're talking about, I know my response to that is once we we can't deal with the problem or discuss what what the solutions are until we sort of have a a shared set of facts. And there always seems to be pushback on people saying, well. The vacancy rates aren't that high, or there's always plenty of apartments available, or we don't have a housing shortage. And if if I think a, a, a basic level of facts and data that we can all agree on to move forward is important. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I'm on the Community Development Authority, uh, the committee that's going to kind of uh, be running uh, or helping to run this, this study with the uh, organization that we're going to hire. And uh, we, I really feel, you know, there's a, there's a lot of good information the city staff have already collected, but I, I agree with you totally that uh, we need more data on what the needs are and what the market demand is going to be. You know, I was just hearing the mayor talk about how in the future we could be 40 or 50,000 uh, citizens. The other thing I'm excited about, and I think this is in line with what you're saying, is the goal is to get a lot of public input not only for helping to measure what demand is out there and get a better idea of housing needs, but also develop a comprehensive housing strategy. In my mind, that would be wonderful to have. So, you know, I'm not going to kid ourselves that that we'll get away from these disagreements on on the issue of housing, 
but it would be nice to have an overall housing strategy that at least most of the people are in agreement, okay, that's the direction we want to go for housing. We want to have more of this type of housing. And, okay, I see where this where, where we don't have many of this type of housing. So Yeah, I was going to say there's, oh, there isn't a stigma associated for whatever reason. I, that, to me, I think it's just a stigma associated with apartments, even if they're market rate, luxury, nice apartments that – isn't associated with condos or townhomes or other multifamily type type developments. And yeah, having a strategy to sort of encourage the type of development that we want, uh, you know, the, the market is what the market is and, and builders are going to build what the market demands are. But yeah, having that strategy to sort of provide some more direction for citizens and also for developers, I think would be good. Yeah. A couple other things that we had that there were, uh, we'd hear from, uh, People when they were opposed to apartments is that they were overloading the schools and the data we got showed that it was single-family homes provided 12 times the uh, student population as apartments per unit because apartments so, are either yeah. young young people who you know maybe are, haven't had kids yet or older folks that are empty nesters and the population in an apartment building just is not does not have school-age kids people predominantly not a hundred percent but predominantly live in a single-family home if they've got school-age kids. Yeah, and that's why we have, we're have we building a lot of uh, efficiencies in one-bedrooms. And then, like you say, we have a lot of older folks who decide that, I don't want to take care of a house anymore. Maybe I'll move into an apartment. Yeah, so uh, one of the other sort of misconceptions about apartments is they're, they're full of crime. And I think that's another thing that data can show us that is just not the case, that you can't point a straight line from apartments to to crime and the other and I, there's this perception that Sun Prairie is not a safe place that we we amplify one or two gun incidents um, and, and I, I did want to ask you because that was something that uh, the police chief just addressed at a recent uh, city council meeting is what what's your feeling on how we we need to address gun violence or crime in uh, in the city well you know he was able to talk about that a little bit and you know, in no way was he minimizing the seriousness of the issue. He's he's uh, starting a new initiative to try to deal with this, but this is a nationwide problem with COVID right now. Uh, we have there's just challenges with people out of work, lack of school activities because they're uh, studying virtually. Family wages are going down because of COVID. Uh, reduced community involvement, and so you know he uh, a lot of the action he's taking, Ellen. The other thing is, uh, what are they? I think they're at a record level for gun sales, if I got that, gun and ammunition sales. All of those together really make this a uh, very challenging time nationally. So uh, Sun Prairie isn't alone, but I, you know, I was really pleased to hear the police chief talk about the work that he's going to do. And he's already out there with community policing, working with our neighborhood man- navigators and community schools and others, community, uh, you know, uh, Uh, other community leaders to try to uh, deal with these issues up front rather than, you know, after the shooting occurs and sending a police officer. And uh, there's so many things that the police, uh, all our public safety units do to try to work with the community to help deal with this uh, very challenging situation. Yeah, I've I've talked very highly of of, uh, Chief Steffes, and I thought his proposal, you know, you're never going to prevent everything happening all the time, just like you can't prevent someone bringing a gun into some prairie. You can't prevent someone from Madison coming in and deciding to shoot up a bar or have an incident outside. You're never going to be able to prevent 
100% of the situations. And particularly if they're from coming from the perpetrators coming from outside the community that we just we just didn't know about. Uh, but he, he did a good job. And I, I think he's also done a good job being responsive to, um, you know, we, we all kind of witnessed the Black Lives Matter protests and uh, situations with with diversity. I believe the, the city has an open position right now with a, a diversity coordinator. But I, I, I wanted to give you a chance to speak to that is what was your kind of experience or reaction to some of the events of last summer? And and how do you feel like the city has responded to it? And do you feel like there's still work to be done? You know, shortly after I joined, there, there was uh, the Black Lives Matter demonstration, certainly. And there were a number of uh, uh, calls across the nation to uh, take a look at, at how police uh, police practices, how they how they operated. And, uh, you know, so I raised that with our police chief right away. And I have to say I was very pleased, first of all, when he talked about his policies on use of force. They follow the eight can't wait. I don't know if you're familiar with I that. Am, I am familiar uh, with that. Okay. And uh, the other thing that I was real pleased with uh, dealt with implicit bias training. He is making sure that all his uh, staff receive implicit bias training and uh, other training that's needed for a modern police department. And then the other issue that I raised with him, and we've had a couple of discussions on, is the use of social workers or caseworkers to help uh, with police activities. I think the discussion go, uh, or the uh, concern that's been raised nationally is, you know, when people are having uh, mental health or substance abuse crisis, uh, why do the police always be, need to uh, deal with that? Uh, what about the idea of caseworkers, social workers being able to help? And our police chief is very open to that and is, is looking to that. He, was, uh, he just sent me a note a couple of weeks ago saying, that he is looking at the possibility of working with Dane County that has caseworkers and social workers, of course, and uh, looking with at Dane County and other municipalities on some type of partnering and cost sharing to maybe deal with that in the future. So, uh, you know, I've just been thrilled with uh, uh, the work that uh, Chief Steffes has been doing, and uh, it it deals not only with what our what our, what we should be doing in the area of public safety but also how we deal with the diversity in the city of Sun Prairie. So I, I, I thought it was great. Well, that that pretty much brings us to uh, we're we're out of time, and so that was we we, co- we covered a lot of ground. But this this often happens with my interviews where I feel like we could continue for a while. But I I, uh, I appreciate you being on, and um, I, I thank you very much for for talking to me. And uh, I guess good luck on on April sixth. Thank you very much, and you have a good day. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Take care. Well, there you go. I, I thought that was pretty good. I appreciate Bob Jokic calling in, talking to me, and kind of covering covered a lot of ground there and uh, delving into some different issues affecting the city. But, uh, you know, a longtime public servant, uh, good guy, and I appreciate him calling in. So uh, you're listening to What Are We Building on 103.5 FM. Stay tuned for more talk, sports, music, community events.